Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here on Father's Day. This is my third Father's Day to celebrate. And so it's been a crazy three years for sure. But it's great to be here, especially great to be here for a great father himself, is Mark Burkhart. So I really respect your pastor. He's a great, great father. I've known his kids since they were real little bitty and had the opportunity of being their youth pastor for a short time while they were in junior high. And so they're great, great pastors. And I would encourage you to uh, get to know them if you don't know them well. So get to know them even better. And be praying for them. I'm glad that they were able to get away and be together as a family. And so just be praying for them as they're away. Well, today I, I'm actually going to talk about being a father. You know, I know I don't have a lot of expertise yet because I've only been doing it for three years. And that's why the title of my message is, is Fatherhood 101. So this is the basics. And so I'm not claiming today to be an expert. But I learned real fast that being a father was not a natural thing. You know, before I was uh, a father, I was in ministry, attended a lot of parenting uh, seminars and different things, trying to prepare myself for being a father. I would go to conferences and listen to experts on being a father. And so I kind of felt comfortable going into it. It was kind of one of those things like, okay, now I'm ready. Let's have a kid. I think, I think we're ready. And so I had preconceived ideas of having a little boy, and he just followed me around, do exactly what I told him to do at all times. And I, yeah, and then I learned real fast that's not the way it works. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, me and my wife took both our sons. I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. We took them to the zoo. And I thought, man, this is a great opportunity. Our, our son loves to see animals and all this stuff. And our oldest, his name is Brave, and our youngest is Barrett. And Barrett is our youngest, and he's more easygoing, laid back. And Brave is completely opposite. So that book Dr. Dobson wrote, Strong-Willed Child, is about my son. So we're at the zoo, and we have a sit-and-stand stroller for him to stand or sit on the back, which he doesn't like to do either. And uh, so he decides, I will lead the way. And this is how my son walks in public and anywhere, pretty much, is he goes like this. And he walks out in front of us. And he's like, here, I'll lead the way. And if I try to hold his hand, he goes, oh, no. And so he's at that fun age of two and a half. And so we're at the zoo, and he's like this. And at first, you know, it was no problem. He was staying within our general area. When I told him to stop, he would stop. And so we were fine until we really did what he didn't want to do, is we had to leave. And so we put him in his seat, and for 30 minutes, he screamed at the top of his lungs. And I remember before I was dad looking at other families like that and go, that will never be my kid. <laughs> That will never, ever be my kid. And, and, and I go into, like, manipulation mode. I'm like, here, you want a, a Nutri-Grain bar? And he gets excited for a second, calms down, and then he grabs the Nutri-Grain bar, and then he realizes we're still proceeding to leave. So he takes the Nutri-Grain bar, throws it, and then goes, ah, like this, and throws all the food out of his mouth. 
just to prove to me I will do what I want to do. So real quickly, it brings me back to my knees. I'm saying, God, help me with this child. I need help because this is not a natural thing. I don't, I don't know what to do. And the things that I wanted to do were not godly. And so, so I just began to pray. And as I pray every day, I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And God responded to the to me and said Brock if you become the man I want you to be then you'll become the father that you want to be and I said okay well show me what what is it that you want me to be and I really believe that this is what God wants all men to be not just myself but for all men to be because I know there's many times as men we kind of look and go God what what is it that you want me to be and he guided me to the scripture of 2 Timothy, verse, well, chapter 2, verse 2. And I want to look at Timothy's life. Because Timothy and Paul, even though Paul was not his natural father, he treated Timothy like a son. And their relationship was very close to a father-son relationship, a godly father-son relationship. And so I just want to look at their life together and so verse 2 it says this and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also it's a real simple verse and this is just Paul writing to Timothy and he says what I'm teaching you I want you to also take these teachings and leave them to faithful men to faithful men and so Paul is kind of leading the charge and, and he's kind of giving Timothy kind of the blueprint of the way he wants the church and our families to be run. It's to be left with, with faithful men. And so, but the problem is, is in our society we've seen a breakdown of teaching maybe being taught, but it's not being left with faithful men. And so I just began to show that, to read this, and the Lord began to speak to me. He says, Brock, he said, I need you to be a faithful man. And, and there's four areas that he really just showed me of where in Scripture of what God does with faithful men. First, he said, be faithful to me, so faithful to the Lord. And he showed me Moses in Hebrews 3.2. It says, he was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. And we all know what Moses was able to accomplish with the hand of God on his life. And he was able to, to do those things. And the reason why God did those things through Moses was because he was faithful to him. And in Paul, 1 Timothy 1.12, it says, Thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength and he has considered me trustworthy appointed me to his service. So when we become faithful to the Lord, and the Lord knows that we're committed to him and him alone, nothing else but to him. And it's really broken my heart over the years where I've seen men that once were faithful to God fall away and fall out of love with God. 
And I want to encourage you men today, do whatever you can to rekindle that love and that intimacy with the Lord. Because I know with life circumstances, we get busy, we get distracted, but we always have to keep Him first. Keep Him first. The second thing He wanted us to do, told me to do is be faithful to the Word. Be faithful to the Word. Not just as in reading it, but actually having the Word govern our life. When we read it, we don't forget it. A lot of times I see us in the church, we read it out of obligation, but we don't apply it to our life. And so we have to be faithful to the Word. 2 Timothy 1.13 says, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. And I love that. Just Paul just saying, keep it as a pattern of sound teaching. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. So we have to know the Word, be faithful to the Word. And the third thing is be faithful to your family. Be faithful to your family. Men, our ministry, our number one ministry is to our family. Your kids and and who they grow up to be, that is your number one goal in life, is to instill the Word of God, not to force them to become something that you want them to be, but to train them in the ways of the Word of God. I'm so thankful my father's here today. He did that with me. He, all, he was always a shining light of what a Christ follower should be. And I want to encourage you to devote your life to your family. That's why I really respect your pastor. I've been in ministry for nine years. And I've witnessed a lot of pastors, kids, that don't want to have anything to do with God in the church. And that's not the way here. And it encourages me because I know that what Mark has done was not easy. But he committed to it. And we have to commit to our family. Even though there's times where, trust me, where we want to just say, fine, go do your own thing. Let's see how far you get. But you know what? God wants us to commit to Him in love and in the Word. God calls men to be the protector, provider, prophet and priests of their homes. And we've got a big job to do. I'm not making light of anything that God has called us to do because I know that it is not easy. I've witnessed many fathers give up because of how hard it is. It's not easy. But I want to encourage you that God has held each and every one of us responsible for our families. We have to stick to it, and God will give us the strength. And I think that's one of the things about it, is God gave us children so that way we would have to depend on Him. (laughs) Because every time I have my children, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to tell me. Because, like I said, all I want to do is what's not godly right now. So, it's amazing that we 
constantly have to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. I really believe that that's what Paul meant by pray without ceasing. Is stay in constant communication with the Lord. And asking Him, God, what is it for us to do in this family? God will honor you as you honor your family. The thing I love about honor, honor comes from the top down. I've been with many families and they, especially when their kids become teenagers, they say, well, if he would respect me, then I would treat him better. Well, dads, let me tell you something. If you honor your kids and speak life into your kids, then your kids will honor you back. So we need to honor our families, honor our wives, and honor our children. If you want to impact the world, start by loving, affirming, and encouraging your wife and children. The world is suffering because men have refused to be the men God created. So many times we look around this world and we go, what is going on? Why is our world and our country in the state that it's in? Well, I truly believe that it's because there's men that aren't being the men that God created them to be. And men, I'm not trying to kick you or anything. I want to encourage you today. God wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. And He wants to come alongside of you and help you be everything that He created you to be. Because that's the thing I love about God is God's not trying to force any of us to be what we weren't created to be. Because the reason why we have resistance away from God is because we're trying to be something that we were never intended to be. But when we're in relationship with God and doing what He has told us to do, then things work a lot better because we are doing what God created us to do. And that's the thing I've noticed with my children, that they both have two different tendencies. My son Brave has more of an artistic flow to him. He likes music, he likes to dance, he likes to write, he likes to draw. Barrett, he likes to play with balls and trucks. And one thing I, I realized, I was frustrated as a dad because I was like, man, you got to be a star basketball player, you know? At two years old, I'm already wanting him to be good at basketball. And i got a basketball goal, and I'm like putting it in his hands, and he's like, now let's see what else this thing can do. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to show you what it's meant to be. But I've noticed that if I try to go against the way God created him in his natural bend, then I have frustration between him and I. So God's just trying to get you to, to let go of that frustration and become who God created you to be. And the other thing, God wants us to be faithful to the church. Hebrews 10, 24-25 And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let's not forsake the church. You know, I'm thankful for my dad always making sure we were in church. And I want to encourage you dads, don't make it a legalistic thing where it's just, you've got to be at church. But show them the importance of, of church and why we need to be here. 
You know, I love that my sons love to go to church. They love it. And we need to continue to be faithful to the church. Number two, God needs teachable men. God needs teachable men. We have to be willing to be taught by others. Unless men are willing to be taught, God's method won't work. God, if we are not willing to be taught by others, then you might as well give up now because you won't make it. And that's one thing I learned even before fatherhood is that I needed help from others. I needed advice from other dads and asked them, what should I do in this situation? And they would help me and, and bring in godly advice. So I would encourage you men to seek out other men, maybe that have older kids, and ask them, what is it that I need to do in this situation? Can you help me? But once we get into an area of anything that we try to put our hand to, once we get in an area of saying, I know how to do this, and I'm going to do it my way, you will fail very quickly. And we can never allow our hearts to get hard and say, I've got the answers. If we look at Timothy's life, Timothy came from a family where his dad was Greek and his mom was Jewish. So his dad was an unbeliever and his mom was a believer. And so Timothy really clinged to his mom and in her heart and her teachings of the Word of God. And so when Paul came along to his home, his mom asked him, please take my son under your wing. And that's exactly what Paul did as he came in Acts 16, 1-3. You'll see where he brings Timothy under his wing and says, okay, I'm going to have you travel with me. And, and so he, he begins to teach Timothy. But if Timothy wasn't willing to be teachable and say, yes, Paul, I need to sit under your wing and, and learn from you, then Timothy wouldn't have been able to further establish the church. And so we see a great example there of being willing to be taught by others. And it also is we have to be willing to be taught by, our, by ourselves. We have to be self-taught in a lot of ways. I've learned early on that there's a lot of people that are not concerned about my success. And, and that's just the world we live in. We live in a fallen world where we don't have a lot of people that are selfless. And I learned that, you know what, if I really want to progress my faith, my knowledge then I had to take the responsibility on myself and say, you know what? I'm going to take the time and read my Bible by myself. And I had to learn that I'm not going to always have a dad or, or a pastor looking at me. When was the last time you read your Bible? I knew I, didn't, I wasn't going to constantly have that. So I had to be self-taught. And I think, men, we have to devote ourselves to the studying of the Word. And, and, and take the time personally and say, you know what, I'm committed to reading my, the Bible. And we're going to learn the Word. Then number three, God needs teaching men. 
this is one I really feel like we've had a, a big fall off in the body of Christ is men willing to teach other men and it really breaks my heart because I'm in a generation that's upcoming and there's a lot of men your pastor thankfully he's willing to teach but a lot of them they're, they're more concerned about us younger men propping them and, and making sure that they continue to be successful as the generations come and it breaks my heart because it's not what God has called us to do and I want to encourage you men is to find other men and teach them and you might go you know what I'm just not wired that way I'm not a teacher well there's something that you know that somebody out there is wanting to learn and I want to encourage you to find men that are are wanting to learn more maybe about scripture or maybe even in your trade you know I love this Phil Robertson I love the Duck Dynasty I've pretty much referenced it every time I was here but anyways Phil Robertson he's just a good old boy and he said this he said I have led more men to Christ in the deer blind than I ever have in the church and so what he realizes, you know, I might not be constantly preaching or know how to, to teach, but one thing I do know is I know how to hunt. And he invites young men constantly to go hunting with him that are not Christians. And he gets them in there, and he teaches them how to hunt, and then he tells them about Christ. What a great example. You might just have something simple like that. And you... In, I don't think you have to put a number on it either. You might only affect two or three people in your lifetime. That's fine. That's okay. God's okay with that. And he'll show you who to, to talk to and to teach. And it'll open up incredible opportunities. But if we really want to see Christ move in our country again, men are going to have to be willing to teach and to share what God's put into their heart. So today I just want to conclude on just this that God really wants men to be faithful men who are teachable and men that will teach and I believe that God will empower each and every one of us on every one of these levels because I know for me I'm not, I'm not a natural teacher I get frustrated very easily and I have to constantly pray God help me to teach these boys the way you want to teach them. And, I, and I've learned too, both boys learn differently. And I'm having to, to change the way I teach them. But the only way I'm able to do that is through God's help. And I really believe, and, and it's my heart and, and desire to see both of my boys grow up to be mighty men of God. But I know that's not going to just happen because God said, your, men, your boys will be mighty men of God going to take my part and God's part and I've got to be obedient to what he's called me to do be committed to it. David said this I love this in Psalms 22 verse 30 through 31 it says posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness declaring to people yet unborn what he has done. I love that and so, 
David's saying, hey, if we go out and we teach and we do what God's called us to do, future generations will speak of what the Lord has done. And that's what we need. We need to see the future generations come and proclaim the righteousness of our God. If you are here, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Again, I'm just so honored to be here today, and I just thank God for the opportunity to be here. But I just, I just want to say a prayer today for you dads and men. That God, I really believe that God has something special to impart into your life today. The Holy Spirit wants to speak something specific to you, either encouraging, which is always encouraging, and maybe just bring to light something that you've been confused on and bring peace to you. And I also want to pray for those that maybe you're a dad and you've got a child that's not living for the Lord. And it's breaking your heart. I want to pray for your children to come and know the Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father, for each and every man and father in here, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have created them to be fathers for a specific reason, God. You have a design and a purpose in their life. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they will find their way to sync up with what you're wanting to do in their life. And Lord, I thank you for special blessings and encouragement to be upon the dads today. And Lord, let them just continue to walk out the purpose that you've put on their life. Lord, right now, God, I just lift up any children that might be away from you. Lord, many times as a parent, you might, you might have said, God, I, I felt like I did everything right. And Lord, I just I pray that you remove all guilt. God, it's in, in Lord, that you, Father, are showing your pursuit for their children and their love for their children. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that their children will not die and leave this world without knowing you. But, Lord, that you're destroying the enemy's hand that's been trying to grab at them and keep them from your kingdom. God, I pray, Lord, that this week, God, that they'll begin to start seeing a heart change in their children's lives that have been away from them. Lord, it's our desire, God, to see our children grow up and know you and proclaim you. And I pray for the children of Lake House Church, God, that that will be the case, God. That their children will grow up and know you and that no harm will ever come upon their children. But Lord, that they will live a life that is pleasing to you in every way. Lord, we thank you, Father, for it. And I thank you, Father, for these people, Lord. That you bless every single one of them this week, God. And Lord, that you will be near to them in every way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.